Good morning. Today's Daphne Gittin is Samech Vav. We are starting Samech Ahmed Beis. We're starting with the Mishnah. There are a couple of Mishnahs here on the Amud. We are in that center Mishnah. Uh, we are continuing here in the sixth parak of the Masechta, and that is the authorization to write a get. Ha Omer, the Mishnah says, Kis forget Ishti. So he gives instructions to two people, and he says that you're going to be writing a get and, give, and delivering it to my wife. So, uh, Garshua. So, or instead of saying the words um, Kisvuget, he says the words Garshua, which is clear instructions to div- that, that he wants a divorce. Kisvu Igeris Utenula, or he uses the word Igeris Arelu Yichtuvu All these are acceptable forms of languages to, de- to, to, uh, to properly describe that he wants, to, he, and not wants, but he is in fact authorizing them to write again. However, Patrua Parnasu Asula Kinimos. <laughs> but if he uses language that is not as clear, uses vague language, pachura, pachura just simply means to excuse her. Parnesuha, support her. Asula kenimos, do with her as per the law. Do with her what is correct. Or asula karai, or do with her what is appropriate. All these lashonos are not clear indications that he's instructing divorce. In other words, in order for there to be clear instructions for divorce, so the wording has to be clear. Simple, simple point in the Mishnah, and that is, is that authorization has to come with clarity, and so therefore the proper Lashonas need to be used. The Gemara now brings down a Bryce, so the Bryce over here is going to be doing, performing the same objective of the Mishnah. We're going to be looking for clear Lashonas. So using language of Shachu, Shavku, Tarchua, so they're all going to work. So however, Pashua, Parnasua, Asula, Kenimos, Obviously, over here, a lot of overlap between the Bryce and the Mishnah. That's generally speaking how these things work. Um, but the Bryce does give us a couple of terms that we have not saw, uh, seen in the Mishnah. Uh, we're going to be focusing right now on the language of Patruha. So uh, the word Patar so, um, so could mean a couple of things. Number one, it could mean that you are exempt from any kind of obligation. Right? That's uh, to, to be Patar. The, on the other hand, so um, uh, alternatively, the, uh, it could also mean to send somebody away, right, uh, to, uh, to excuse. So, uh, so of the word patrua, so the Gemara now is going to get a little bit more involved. Tanya, Rabbi Nelson Omer, patrua dvarv kayamen. If he said the word patrua, so that is going to be... Uh, that's going to be more in the, uh, in the, in the category of excusing her. However, pitru alo amar klom. So, uh, but if he says pitru, so then no. Uh, pitru does not mean excuse, it could mean just simply exemption. So, amareva, and, and, and I, I don't want to really convey and, and, uh, and, and communicate that I understand the gram- grammatical differences because, in other words, my, my knowledge of grammar is not that good. So do I understand uh, why, why one point punctuated one way means one and the other no? Uh, the, uh, no, but, but, but still, uh, the word potter has multiple meanings and based on how you conjugate it, so it will communicate and convey those meanings. And the Gemara says, and, and this is going to be a little bit comforting to me, and that I'm not alone, meaning I, my knowledge should be better, but so Rabbi Nelson de Bavlahu, so Rabbi Nelson happened to have been a Babylonian. He was an Olami Bavo. And he makes these kinds of diukim. 
his, uh, his language is so precise and his understanding of syntax and grammar is so precise that the, the, for him, obviously, the difference, he knows the difference. Tani didan but Tani didan artan is from Artisol, and he doesn't make these kinds of diukim. And yes, I do find it interesting that the, uh, the Bnei Bavel is more midaik in language than those living in Artisol. But the Gemara said it. Ibayilahu. The Gemara just rattles off a couple of expressions, more than a couple. A number of expressions where uh, it is ambiguous in terms of what the precise meaning is. Uh, please forgive me at this point in time. I'm not going to go through each one of these expressions, nor am I going to com- co- communicate the ambiguity that lies in within each one of these expressions. Um, so, uh, but nevertheless, uh, Rashi over here t- takes us through some of them, uh, but uh, you'll forgive me. I'm just going to, I'm just going to say it simply at this point in time that all these expressions are, uh, are late, are laden with ambiguity. And so therefore it's not clear language. The authorization to write the get only has to come from language, which is clear where your instructions are clear anytime there lies ambiguity. So therefore the authorization is not valid. And so the Gemara just rattle off a bunch of expressions that that uh, that have this ambiguity. Pashut miachada. So the Gemara says, okay, but at least one of these which we just rattled off, we don't know. But with one of them, however, we could be poshut. The Tanya will learn to the Brisa asalo kadas asalo kenimus asalo karai lo amar klum. So in the Brisa, so uh, the uh, one of the examples given the Brisa is asalo kadas, literally translated, do what's right or do the correct thing. Okay. So uh, that is not clear. That is ambiguous. And so therefore, when authorizing using that language, it simply will not take effect. Okay. We are now finding ourselves on the mission on the bottom of Samachem and Beis. And so you're authorizing. The authorization, we're going to be speaking today exclusively about authorizing a pair of witnesses, a based in, right, a group of 10. We're going to come up with a number of different circumstances where you're authorizing. So uh, what you, when you're authorizing, so you need a minimum of two, they're going to be serving as the adim. And there has to be two components to your authorization. Number one, you have to say the word kisvu, which means that you have to instruct them to write uh, momentarily, not, not now, but later on this morning, the Gemara is going to ask the question, do they themselves physically have to write it? Or could, could they subcontract that work to somebody else? We'll clarify. But as far as you and you're, and you're authorizing them, you must say the word kisvu. That's number one. Number two is that you also have to say the word tenu. So in other words, there are two, there are two parts of authorization that are both necessary. Kisvu and tenu. That you have to write it and that you have to give it. And without those two, with, if you're missing one of those two, so it will not work. Now I say that, but with every rule, of course, there are exceptions. And I know it's a little bit funny. We're running right to the exceptions. Right? But that's how Mishnayas work. In other words, we, we've been around long enough. We, We've known that uh, Mishnayos assume that we know the rules or maybe we'll tell us the rules, rules a little bit later on, but meanwhile, we're jumping right to the exception. And the Mishnah tells us, So, um, giving a divorce in of itself is unbelievably stressful. Uh, but nevertheless, you have to authorize properly. You have to say, Giving a get under... Uh, under unusual and extenuating circumstances, even more stressful. And so therefore, what the Mishnah is telling us is an allowance, a heter. And that is, is that, 
a person who is taken out to be executed and he's now right trying to try, trying to take care of of, of of extraordinarily important things. And so one of the things he wants to take care of is, is that he wants to divorce his wife. Again, uh, well, why would he want to do that? It would save her from Yibam. Okay, so there are a number of important reasons why he would like to do it anyway. So right now, as he's being taken take out for execution, so he is now going to authorize. Again, what he needs to do is formulate it properly, which is kisvu utenu. But he doesn't. He just says the word kisvu. So are we going to give him a pass? And the Mishnah says, yes, we're going to give him a pass. It's extraordinarily extenuating circumstances. The levels of stress are well beyond what my, my imagination. And so therefore, the Chachamim said under those circumstances, him just saying the word kisvu by itself is sufficient, even though he didn't say the word tenu. Um, but then what the Chachamim realized is that, that we shouldn't be so limiting. Meaning that that obviously is the most extreme version of extenuating circumstances where he's being, where he's going to be executed. But the Chachamim said, you know what, we're going to broaden it out. A person who is mefarish, someone going out into the ocean, Yotze B'Shayar, someone going on a caravan over the desert. In other words, going on an extraordinarily long and perilous trip. So that also will fall under the category of very, very stressful extenuating circumstances where even though the husband's authorization would only came in the form of kisvu, the husband did not say the word tenu, af al pikain. It will be sufficient, and basically we will fill in the blank. He didn't say kisvu tenu, but by, by, by virtue of the fact that we understand how stressful it is right now, so we're going to fill in the tenu. As long as obviously he has to, he has to start us off, he has to say the word kisvu, but we'll fill in the rest. Geneva Yotze Bekala Hava. Okay, our fourth, uh, our fourth um, uh, visit to this uh, very interesting and unusual character by the name of Geneva. Okay, so uh, we, we discussed him earlier in the Masechta. So Yotzeb Kalish, so he's being taken to be executed. Um, I, I, I don't remember with clarity, I don't have this kind of tfis on the Masechta, but I, I bet you this will be the last time we get to see him here in the Masechta. And it kind of makes sense because over here, he's, he is going to be killed. So... Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't mean that we can we can't do a callback later in the Masechta. But anyway, but this is now going to be the fourth time we saw him back on. Okay, and I'm cheating, by the way. I'm. I'm. I'm what's it called? But uh, I'm not going on my memory. So please, uh, the uh, we saw him back on Dav Zayin, on Lamed Aleph, on Samach Beis. So uh, on a number of occasions we saw him, and what do we know about him? He's unbelievably cantankerous. In fact, our first introduction to him in the Masechta was back on Dav Zayin. So there, if I can just uh, joggle everyone's memory, my, myself included. So over there on Dav Zion, so the, uh, the Gemara tells the following story. Mar Ukva sent the following question to Rebbe Elazar. So, by the way, we're in the Tkufa of the Amorai. So who Geneva was and, 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 and where, where, when and where did he live? So can't tell you a whole lot. But in other words, obviously he was of the same generation of Mar Ukva. So we're somewhere within the period of the Amorai. And I'm I, I, I'm guessing somewhere in Bavel. But anyway, so, uh, so Marukva sent a letter to Rabbi Lazar and said that uh, the, um, look, I have people who are making me crazy. Now, I don't know exactly know what that means. Uh, the Gemara was not clear exactly what Geneva was doing to Marukva, but Marukva says, can I be most of him? Can I report him over to the authorities? In other words, he's, he's harassing me. But I'm using the word harassing. I, I understand that I'm not being clear. I myself am not sure. Okay, but anyway, so that was the question that was posed. 
And effectively, the answer that he got, and I'm, I'm giving the short version of the Gemara, the answer that he got is no. You cannot be Moser. You can't, you can't give him over to the authorities. Um, you, you can, uh, you, you, you go to the base Medrash. And now, I'm not sure, again, I'm, I'm not quoting the Gemara inside, but you can, you know, you can, you can, you can ask a Kaddish Baruch to intercede, but you cannot be Moser. That was the clear instructions that were given. So the um, so anyway, uh, the uh, Gemara over there back on Dav Zion says that once Rabbi Lazar gave this advice, so Geneva was taken. In other words, so without actually being Moser him, but in other words, with going to the base medrash and supplication, so so Akash Baruch Hu orchestrated it so that Geneva was actually taken, and and Yosef Kolar. And if you recall, if you remember, and and the, the um, a number of occasions over the course of the Masechta. So they, uh, they always debated and deliberated when Geneva passed by. Should we stand for him? Should we not stand for him? He was the Tamachacham, and at the same time, it was also very difficult. And I'm sure I'm understating it. In other words, obviously, if Mar'uk was sending a letter, hey, what do I do with him? Obviously, Geneva was more than just a Nudnik. In other words, uh, okay, uh, I'll just leave it like that. I know I'm not being clear, but it's simply because I don't know. And so I'd rather, I'd rather leave it like I don't know. So anyway, so uh, so fine. So wh- why why are we here? So the, it's going to be clear in just a moment. So So now he's going to give instructions, and that is he's going to be leaving four hundred four hundred zuz to Rabbi Avim Rabbi Avina, and it's going to be coming mechamra. It's going to be coming from my wine. Now, basically, what he's doing is, is that this is going to be Tzava. This is going to be his, his, his instructions, his final instructions. And so it's going to sound a little bit like a Manash right? Uh, but in a moment, I'm going to be clear about that point. We'll come back to that just momentarily. Now, what his instructions are is that a certain amount of his assets are going to be going to an individual, Revavina. Don't know why, but it doesn't matter. The Gemara is going to be focusing on whether or not the instructions are good instructions that he gave. He didn't make a Kenyan. Okay, so now the question over here is extraordinarily simple, and that is, is that was there a transfer? Amar Rebbe Zera. So as we turn now to the top of Samachvav Amanal, the Gemara is going to be discussing this very question. Here's what Rebbe Avina should do. Uh, basically, what he should do is he should take uh, his knapsack. Not literal translation. <laughs> and Vazal Gabi to Ravuna Rabbe. Go to Ravuna Dam Ravuna. So Gito Kimatanaso. Mama Tanaso Imamar Choser. Af Gito Imamar Choser. And Ma Gito Afa Gavdalo Parish Kevin Damar Kisro. Afa Gavdalo Amar Tanu. So Af Matanaso Kevin Damar Tanu. Afa Gavdalo Kanamia Mine. Go to Ravuna because Rav, I know what Ravuna is going to tell you. So, first and foremost, by the way, just an interesting point uh, which is clear in the Gemara, and that is, is that. You're looking for a psak. And over here, the instructions were, go to Rav Huna because he's going to give you the psak that you want to hear. And, and in general, this obviously is a very, very sensitive point, And that is, can you, can you go and get the psak that you would like to hear? Okay. That, in of itself, by the way, I, I I'm, I'm being cautious, but it's kind of clear from the Gemara that that's what's happening. You're going to go to Rav Huna because Rav Huna makes a comparison between Get and Matana. Two comparison points of get matana. Now, when it comes to a matana, im amad. So, chozer. A person, a person is dying and now makes instructions. 
but the person is dying, but then miraculous recovery. It's clear contextually that he's only giving it to you because he, think, he feels like he's going to die. It's a built-in tonight. If he recovers miraculously, okay, he gets to keep his assets. It's true by Matan, it's true by Get as well. There's a built-in tonight when a person's mitzvah as he's dying. That's point number one. The second comparison point is that by Get, we know, because we just learned in our Mishnah, under unusual circumstances, under unbelievably stressful circumstances, so you don't have to be clear, you don't have to say the words tenu and, you don't, I'm sorry, let's do that again. You don't have to say kitsvu and tenu. Kitsvu is enough, we'll fill in the rest. Rav Huna says the same thing is true regarding a gift. Buy a gift, so not only do you have to give instructions, but you have to make a kinyan. If it's under unbelievably stressful situations, i.e., you're going to die, so under those circumstances, so Rav Huna will tell you, just like by get, we'll fill in the blank, so too is going to be true by Matana. You make the declaration of Matana, even though you didn't make a Kenyan, we'll make the Kenyan for you. Okay. So, uh, so they told Ravina uh, that, Rav, I'm sorry, Rebbe Avina, that when you go to Rav Huna, you're going to get that psak, and that all that, all that money is going to be yours. The 400 barrels, or the 400 zuzim of wine, it's all going to be yours. Now the Gemara says, now this comparison of Rav Huna of gift and, 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 and divorce. In other words, it's not a good comparison. You know, that's one of the fundamental rules we've gone over time and again in the Masechta. And meanwhile, you certainly can transfer, uh, transfer via Matana after you die. In other words, that's generally speaking the whole point of, 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 of making last will. Last will means that when I die, here's what's going to happen. So in other words, and, and the transfer is occurring after you die. So how can you compare matan and get? So the Gemara says, I, that's not a question at all. Meaning, by get and get that's built into the very definition of get. Of course there's no get after you die, because it simply doesn't exist. You can't divorce after you die. Matana, however, can be given after you die. So in other words, as much as Rav Huna is comparing divorce and get, only in the areas where they're comparable. But on this particular issue, they're not comparable. So, so, so you can't come at me with that. Ella Rabbi Abba Hachi the Gemara says, Rabbi Abba says, I'd like to clarify my, my issue. And that is Matana Shechimei Rabbi Mixasi and Matana Shechimei Rabbi Mixas by Kenyan. He says, look, this is a matna shchemera. Now I touched on this moments earlier, but now let's 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 discuss a shchemera. Somebody who's dying and gives away all of his estate. So even though a kingdom was not made, the transfer is done. Shchemera comes up again and again throughout Shas. However, what if you are not giving away your entire estate, but rather only part of it? This is a matna shchemera bimixas. Now over here, so if you were giving away all your estate, so it's understood why a Kenyan is going to be waived, because clearly over here, you know that, or at least you think that this is it, and so therefore, you're giving everything away. On the other hand, if you're only doing so, it makes sense, if you're only giving partially away, so clearly over here, you don't, you're not building this, it's not built into the fact that you're dying, and therefore a Kenyan needs to be done. So when Geneva is giving away 400 zuzim of wine to this Rabbi Avina, 
but that's all he's doing. So this falls under the category of matna shchimei rabbe mixas, and therefore kinyan needs to be done. Mechlader ravuna sevela by kinyan. Now again, because he was told to go to ravuna and ask ravuna, ravuna must be of the position that no kinyan is required, even though it's matna shchimei rabbe mixas. So shani hachid emitzava machmas misahu. So the Gemara says, yeah, but this doesn't fall under the category of matna shchimei but rather this falls under the category of mitzvah machmas misa. And here comes the hard work for me today. I'm going to have to try to explain the difference between manash and mitzvah machmas misa. So good luck to me. Okay? I'm not sure. I'm not sure whether there... I, I know there's a difference. The Gemara just clearly told us there's a difference. Manash is basically, circumstantially, the person is dying. And now, without clearly articulating... I'm giving it away because I'm dying. We're just looking now at the context. The context now is basically screaming out that, look, it's cl- he's clearly, he, he's, he's in the last moments of his life. We're not talking about a ghost But in other words, it's critical. And so therefore, as he's starting to now assign his estate and assets to various people, so contextually now, we understand that it's because he's dying. That's Manash Gemira. Mitzvah Machmas Misa, I think I believe, and, and, and I kind of was hoping that Rashi would be more articulate over here, but Mitzvah Machmas Misa is, there is clarity. Mitzvah Machmas Misa, I'm giving this way because I'm dying. You're actually saying it. And under those circumstances, even though it's not all your estate, it's only partial estate, still, because you're being clear about it, so therefore, even if it's been mixed up, even if it's not your full estate, even if it's only part, it still would work, even without a Kenyan. So the Gemara says, right, so, um, so, Shani Achdem Mitzavah Machmas Misahu. Mechlad Rabbi Abba, Savar Mitzavah Machmas Misah Binan Kinyan. So the Gemara says, okay, but Rabbi Abba's now on the other side of that issue. He must be of the position that even though it's Mitzavah Machmas Misah, a Kinyan is so required. The Gemara says, yeah, but we've, we've established, the established Allah is that no Kinyan is required. So Allah Rabbi Abba, Achi Kakashalei. So the Gemara finally says, Rabbi Abba was not bothered by that as well. Okay, so, where do we stand right now? Rabbi Abba's trying to poke a hole at this argument of Rav Huna, but meanwhile, we don't know what the hole is that he poked. Maybe it's the comparison between Matan and Get. The Gemara says that's not it. Maybe it's Mitzvah Machmas Misa Ben Mixas, which which is of the position that a Kenyan is required, but the Gemara says, but that's not true. The halach is that no Kenyan is required. So the Gemara says, okay, so maybe it's this. Yeah, I, was, I was thinking, I'm so happy you said it, I was thinking the same thing myself. In other words, you know that your estate is going to go somewhere, right. right? So in other words, and it just happens to be that before, right? Good. I was wondering the same thing. Good. So, Ela Rabbi Abba Hachi Kakashalei, Chamer Lo Ka'amar, Demei Chamer Lo Ka'amar, Mei Chamer Ka'amar. Rabbi Abba said, uh, you know what? It's not the Kenyanim that bother me. The Kenyan's a good Kenyan. Rabbi Avina is entitled to that money. I just, I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around what he's actually given. He didn't say wine. He didn't say money. He said, Mechamra. I want the money to come from wine. Now, wine can do a lot of things over here, but wine can actually produce money. Now, you could sell the wine in order to get the money, but Mechamra, you know, I want the money to come from the wine. So, Now, as far as Rav Huna is concerned, 
He had no problem with the interpretation of the word mechamra. Mechamra is kocham. The reason why Geneva did that was just simply to enhance the uh, the strength of the gift. What do I mean by that? Rashi explains. And in fact, Rashi Rashi here is articulate. I mean, Rashi is always articulate. But I'm saying Rashi over here spells it out. You look at that last Rashi before the Mishnah. What Geneva wanted to do was make sure that Rabbi Avina would be the full recipient of the gift. And basically what he was doing is, is that he was using the wine as the apotiki. All the wine that he owned, apparently he owned a lot of wine, all the wine that he would own would serve as a lien against that obligation. Because if he said the actual physical wine itself, in other words, the gift is only the wine and, and not its monetary value. So then any wine goes bad, any wine spoils. The kids are going to go to Rabbi Avina and say, hey, you know what? I know, I know dad gifted you the wine here. And they're going to give him the spoiled wine. And if, on the other hand, he only said money, uh, so then what they'll do is they'll solve some of the wine and then they'll gather the money. The money's lost and they'll say sorry. Now, again, over here, this requires also a little more consideration. Who lost the money? All right. If the kids lost the money, aren't they liable? Okay. But anyway, but uh, the expression mechamra explains Rashi is that now all the wine that's in my estate is going to be backing and securing the obligation. Now I say obligation, it's a gift, but nevertheless, it doesn't matter. In other words, the gift has an obligation. So all the wine that I own is now going to be securing it. And the Geneva did that in order to just simply guarantee uh, that this Rabbi Avina would be the recipient. Okay, good. That was Rabbi Abba's issue. And, 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 that's, and that's the Gemara's uh, solution resolution in terms of what was meant over here. Uh, mind you, by the way, that was, an, that, was a, that was a detour. Meaning the whole point that we're learning right now is that you have to say Kisru Tanu. If, however, it's extenuating circumstances, unbelievably stressful circumstances, we can leave out the word Tanu. The husband can leave out the word Tanu and we'll fill in the blank. And then we just got sidetracked for the last 10, 15 minutes because uh, Geneva uh, was being taken out to be killed then. And so he was giving instructions then, even though he didn't make a Kenyan, but... Rav Huna would say that that's okay. We're going to fill in that blank. Okay. Misha Yamushach Labor. Samach Vav Aminalaf were right in that middle Mishnah. A person was Mushach Labor thrown into a pit. Vamar Kolo Shemes Kolo. So Yichtov get Liishto. Hare Ela Yichtov of And so now in desperation, he's calling out with the following instructions. Anyone who can hear me, write and deliver the get. But again, he only said the word kisvu, uh, and he didn't say the word tenu. Nevertheless, over here, obviously under, it's desperate. It's unbelievably stressful uh, conditions. And so therefore, we're going to fill in the blank over here. Uh, the Mishnah over here seems to be just repeating what we learned previously. However, over here in this Mishnah, so the instruction that's given is not a direct face-to-face instruction. So there is a Kiddush in the Mishnah over here. In other words, he's just simply calling out for help. Well, He's more than calling out for help. In other words, over here, right, the unbelievable how he can, you know, how, how he's able to think about this in such, in such a moment. But as, he, as he's in the pit and he really believes that this is it, so he is now calling out for somebody. Now, I say somebody, by the way, it has to be two people. 
right? In other words, uh, in order to authorize, you need two people, minimum of two people. You cannot do it with one person. So, but in this authorization, so again, the uh, even though it's not direct face to face, it's still going to work. Okay, now uh, let's go from the perspective of the two people who are outside on the top of the pit who hear the instructions. Okay, so the Gemara now wants to know how can they properly identify the person in the pit? We're going to be assuming right now that the person in the pit is really low in the pit. There's no face to face. They can't see them. The only thing they can do is hear. How do they know that that's the person? Maybe it's a shade. Maybe it's a demon. So, uh, so the Gemara says, okay, well, they saw the, the image of a person. In other words, they didn't, they didn't get facial, uh, identification, facial recognition, but they saw the, they saw the, 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 the outline of a person. So, you know, demons also sometimes takes on the forms of the outline of a person. So the Gemara says, yeah, but not only did they see the outline of a person, they also saw a shadow as well. Yeah, but every time the demon takes on the, 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 the form of a person, so there's also a shadow. So the Gemara says, So they have, just give me one moment. So they have a shadow, but they don't have a residual shadow. Meaning we, as humans, we have a residual shadow. I, now, I'm saying residual shadow, and I'm making it out like I know what I'm talking about. Not exactly. But in other words, but we have, so to, so to say, like a main shadow. And then, if you look at the edges of the shadow, there's some sort of faded shadow. Okay? Uh, again, Rashi over here, and our Gemara doesn't, doesn't do much in explaining. Uh, there is a Rashi elsewhere in Shas that explains it more or less the way I just explained it. Anyway, so demons have a shadow, but they don't have a residual shadow. We humans, we have a residual shadow. When the Adam are standing there by the pit, so they saw the form of a human, and they saw the shadow, and they saw a residual shadow as well, so we could rule out the fact that they're a demon. Yes? How could someone be in a deep pit, and there be enough light for them to get that That doesn't make sense. And then, right? Yeah, yeah, correct. Okay, I don't, right? I'm with you. I don't fully understand the, 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 the circumstances. I understand the point the mission is making, but you're right. And right, and, and, okay. The, uh, and Vidumatsarihi, and the Gemara says, you know, it could be that it's not the husband, you know, who it could be, it could be the co-wife. Okay, so in other words, and as we've learned in Yavamos time and again, so co-wives are not that thrilled about one another for obvious reasons. And it's built into the name. In other words, they're called a tsara, right? A tsara is somebody who afflicts you, who pains you. And so, the, uh, so when you're married to more than one wife, so there's gonna be, built into the relationship, there's going to be tension between the co-wives. Maybe the co-wife is lurking in the pit and mimicking the voice of the husband. I know, I know, I know. It's dark comedy, but it is funny. So mimicking the voice of the husband and now giving the impression of, hey, go ahead and write, 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 write my wife again. Obviously, the purpose of the Sarah, the goal of the Sarah is to get rid of her co-wife. Okay, <laughs> Sure. So the Gemara says, And Rabbi Yishmael, without directly responding to the question, Rabbi Yishmael basically says, enough with those possibilities. In other <laughs> whatever, it's, it's funny, I mean funny, but it, you know, the, Rabbi, the Gemara's response is, like, I'm not even, <laughs> I'm not even addressing it. Meaning, if somebody's calling out from a pit in desperation, 
do not entertain the possibility that it could be a demon, it could be a, it, it could be a co-wife. In other words, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna deal with, we're gonna, we're gonna assume that most probably it is the husband. Yeah, in other words, exactly the point. The point is, is that even, and, and, and again, it goes back to the first point of today's daf. Even though he didn't authorize properly, proper authorization requires kids food to new. Nevertheless, if he said the word kids food, that's sufficient. And over here, the Chirish of our Mishnah, as we pointed out, is that even though you don't have a real face-to-face interaction. Uh, okay, now at this point in time, we know this already, but Mishnah's making the point really clear. We're now at the second Mishnah the, uh, on the Amad. There are three Mishnahs on the Amad. So we're at the second one. So the husband says, Kitsu get lishti. So he's authorizing to aid him. Uh, but he only said the word kisu, and he's a healthy individual. So he's healthy, but he's cruel. And the Mishnah says it. So Ratzel Asachikba, he just, all he wants to do is torment and torture his wife. Um, obviously, it's usher to do so. Onas Tvarim tells us that you cannot emotionally torment somebody else. Uh, okay, so he's in violation of Onas Tvarim, but the get is not going to be a valid get. So, Maisa Babar Yechashamar Kisu Gel Ishti, Vala Roshagag Vanafal Mesa, Mershim and Mengamliol. So and And then the Mishnah tells us a, a, a terrible story. Terrible meaning just right de- depressing. And that is is that what happens is, is that a man gave instructions. He seemed really healthy to uh, to get to, to to write a get he authorized. He only said the word kisu. He didn't say the word tenu, but then subsequently he went to the rooftop, he fell off the rooftop and he died. So if he committed suicide, here's what we're gonna now assume. We're going to assume that if he committed suicide, so he was in terrible mental health. And as a result of that, so even though he said the word kisvu, so we're going to put him under the, uh, under, under the ruling that we said previously, that this falls under the category of Yotze Bekolar or any one of the above, meaning he was in a terrible mental state. And so therefore, even though he only said the word kisvu, what he meant was kisvu to know. If on the other hand, while on the roof, the wind pushed him off and he did not commit suicide, so then we're going to assume that he was in a better, he was in a proper mental state and he only said the word kisru, therefore the get's not going to be a good get. Misa Lister. Now, what, what, I, what I already did is I threaded the Mishnah, meaning I did what the Gemara is about to do. But everyone here knows I read ahead. So that, but the Gemara now is just going to spell out exactly what we did. The Mishnah tells us a rule and then the Mishnah tells us a story that goes against the rule. Gemara says, yeah, but. So the Gemara says that, look, even though if we don't know immediately when authorizing that he was in terrible mental condition, only discovered later, but that discovery later can go ahead and be used to explain why he only said the word kisvu. <coughs> Meaning, if he committed suicide afterwards, then we know that he was in terrible mental health. And as a result of that, now we're going to go back to his authorization. He said only the word kisvu, but we're going to now be able to say, he said only the word kisvu, but he was under terrible mental health conditions. And so therefore, his, the kisvu is going to be, we're going to supplement and add the word tenu. Okay. How govern- even though when they gave it, she didn't know if they're Masachic. You assume Masachic. Right. 
Mitch, agreed, agreed. Meaning at the time, at the time when they gave it, they say, right, we have to assume that he was just being mesachik because we didn't know this at the time when he authorized it. But it's a chiddush. I agree. It's a, it's a big chiddush that we're able to go back and relitigate the conditions of, of his mental health. I, I totally agree. It's a chiddush. How Sorry, so, uh, so a man comes into shul. There was a rebbe. His son, his, his son happened to have been with him, and there was another person there as well. We're having three people on the shul, and he authorized uh, two of them to write it. Now, lesov shchem mikra yunuke, and now here's here's what happened. So he authorized. Now he wasn't clear in the authorization who he authorized. There were three people. He only need two. But it happened to have been that Rachmanus the Rebbe died. Now, he was one of the three people there in Shul, and he was one of the three people that were authorized. Okay, so, okay, just again, obviously I'm, I'm removing all the emotion over here, and now we're just le- dealing with the legal question of, so now, can his son who was there in Shul with him, can he now take on the role of being one of the people who's going to write the get? Write and deliver the get? Does it matter whether his son is a we're assuming he's an adult. In other words, if he's not an adult, there's nothing to talk about. So the uh, so can 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 he uh, can he write? Can he be one of the two writing and 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 and, and delivering the get? Now, at first at first blush, the answer would be of course. Meaning, when the guy came in, he just simply said, "I need two of you." It didn't matter which two was it. So, what's the question? The Gemara explains. It's not his mother. Hmm. She's not the mother of the son. No, 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 Stam. In other words, um, the people in the shul had no relationship to him whatsoever. Stam, there were three people in shul. He was, the one, in other words, of the two people in the shul, one was the rabbi, and, the, and, and, and this was the son of the rabbi. Oh, the son of the rabbi. Yes. I'm sorry if I wasn't clear, but yes. So, So the Gemara says as follows. In other words, this is a... It's kind of like an okimta issue, where when I go in and I'm authorizing somebody to do shlichus for me, but again, I'm not really, I don't care who does it, but, and I have a father and I have a son. Is it, is it etiquette? Now, I'm using the word etiquette over here. I know that's not the best word. But would it be within etiquette to go ahead and ask a son to do something while the father's right there? What? Is it appropriate or is it inappropriate? What? So they can't because they have to be serving as Adam. I'm sorry? They have, they have to be Adam. Oh, I see. Right. And, and, Adam, and Adam would disqualify a father and son. It has to be one of the two. But was the, is it proper etiquette to go ahead and do it and, and appoint a son when the father's right there? Or maybe no. Maybe it's not appropriate. And so therefore, when he came into the show, who did he see? He saw a father and a son. He saw a third person. And he appointed two of them. But maybe proper etiquette will, will, will be instructive and inform us that he was only appointing the father, not the son. Or maybe no, maybe that assumption's wrong. That's the Gemara's question. Rav Nachman Amar, and the Gemara actually is going to be debating this very issue. Rav Nachman Amar, And the Gemara has a debate on this very issue. And the Gemara says that the halach is, is that a person will do that. In other words, even though the son is there with his father, 
it is not inappropriate to go ahead and appoint the son, even though the father is right there. Okay, Gemara arrives at a very clear conclusion. Okay, let's let, let's go weiter. Amlushnaim, we're up to the final Mishnah on Samach Vav Amidalev. Amlushnaim, Tanu Get Lishti. O Lishlosha Kisvu Get Utanu Liishti. He turns to two people, he turns to three people. Now, to the two people, so uh, he says Tanu. Now, over here he says Tanu, he didn't say the word Kisvu. Now, we spent our entire daf today going over the fact that you have to say kisvu utenu. In fact, we also pointed out in today's daf that if you say kisvu and you don't say tenu, under normal circumstances, that's insufficient. And we just learned in the previous Mishnah, it's Ratzel Asachikba. He's tormenting her. But in other words, that's not authorization. Now let's flip it. Let's now go over authorization where you say tenu, but you don't say kisvu. What is Wait, wait one second. Let's go one step at a time. So let's say you say tenu and you don't say the word kisvu. So what we're about, what we're learning right now is that incorporated in the word tenu is also kisvu. You can't give a get unless first it's written. So built into the instructions of tenu is also the instructions of kisvu as well. Otherwise, how can they give it if there's nothing that's actually written? Or, the Mishnah goes on, O Lishlosha, Kisvu Geretanu Leishti. Or, let's say he goes to three people and he says, I want you to write and give the get. So, in either one of these circumstances, Hare Elu, Yichtavu, V'yitnu. Okay. Um, in both of these circumstances, so they now are going to be writing it and they're going to be giving it. Okay. The point of the Mishnah, uh, yeah, right, you got it. The point of the Mishnah is they have to write it and they have to deliver it. Meaning, there really are, if you will, there are really two points to be made here in this Mishnah. Number one, even though he didn't actually say the word kisvu, but it's understood. Right? In other words, you can't give a get unless you write it. So that's point number one. Right? So kisvu without tenu is insufficient. That's the first half of today's daf. Tenu without kisvu is sufficient. Because there's no tenu without kisvu. Okay. That's point number one. Point number two is that they cannot subcontract. Even though to the two people he only said the word Tanu, they can't go to somebody else and they can't say, hey, you guys write it and we'll deliver it. In other words, they're the ones who are going to be writing and delivering. Okay? That's in the case where he talks to two. In the case where he talks to three, instructs three, so they're the ones who are going to be after write it and, and deliver it. So Hare Elu, right? Put em- Yeah. So in a, in, a, in a moment, we'll, we'll see. So hare elu yichtevu v'yitnu. So now they have to write it and they have to give it. Okay. Now let's go on in the Mishnah and uh, hopefully we'll make this point really clear. Amr l'shlosha tenu get liishti hare elu yomer lachem v'yichtevu minashasum beizdin divrei Rabbi Meir. Now let's say I go to three people and I say just the words tenu. Now, contrast that to what we learned just a moment earlier. Earlier, we said that when he said to three, kisvu utenu, so they must write it and, and, and they're going to deliver it. Okay. But if he says to three, just the word tenu by itself. Ah. So now, they have flexibility. Why? Because if he turns to three and he just simply says tenu, so now these three are going to be serving the role of based in. Now, Basin has a lot of power, a lot of authority. 
Basin can go ahead now and authorize other people to do it. It's within the scope and the power of Basin, where now they can subcontract the work. In other words, they're being authorized now as a Basin, and therefore as a Basin, so they can go ahead and 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 and, um, and instruct two other people to go ahead and to write and to deliver. Now, why don't we say that just moments earlier? Because mo- moments earlier in the Mishnah, when he turned to three people, he said, Kisvu Utenu. So previously in the Mishnah, when you say three people, Kisvu Utenu, so now he's not treating them like Basedin. He's telling them, my authorization to you is that you write it and you deliver it. By the way, of the three people, you don't need all three people. In other words, you only need two. In other words, you only need a pair of Aiden. But the point is, is that because he said the word Kisvu, so he's not authorizing them as a Basedin. Meanwhile, if he turned to three and he only said the word Tanu, now he's authorizing them as a Basedin, which now means that they can go ahead and instruct others to do it. So um, that is Divir Abmeir, that's the Shita Abmeir. Zu, Vizu Allah Rabbi Chanini Shono, Mi Beisa Asurim. Where do we get this halacha from? We got it from jail. I know that sounds funny, but in a mo- I'm going to explain that better in just a moment. That, mon- that, that This halacha that we just learned together, turning to three people, instructing, authorizing with just the word tenu, and now they're going to be treated like a based in. So we got this from prison. Who was in prison at the time? So Rachmanus Rabbi Kiva was in prison at the time. And while Rabbi Kiva was in prison, so he gave a number of, uh, he, he was still in Torah, and he was still saying over halacha, and so this was a Kabbalah they got from Rabbi Kiva while he was in prison. So this halacha was extracted. So the extractor of the halacha was Rabbi Chanina, Ish Ono, who got it from Rabbi Akiva and now is reporting it to Rabbi Meir. Okay. So, and, and Rabbi Meir also was a Talmud of Rabbi Akiva. So I, I, I think it's fair to speculate that Rabbi Meir also heard this from Rabbi Akiva directly. Am Rabbi and, and Rabbi Osi says, no, no, that's not the halacha. The halacha is, is that when you turn to three, and by the way, it doesn't even have to be three people who are qualified to be members of a Beisdin. It can even be the Beisdin Hagadol Shebirushalayim. Even if I'm, mom is talking to not only a Beisdin, but the Beisdin, it don't matter. When I authorize and I say Tanu, what I want them to do is to write and to deliver, even if I'm talking to Basin itself. So, uh, in other words, Rabbi Yossi is saying, is that Rabbi Mayer, I fundamentally disagree with you. When you're authorizing three people to do it, so they are never going to take on the role of the Basin, and even if they are a Basin, but when I authorize them to do it, they themselves must be doing it. They must be writing and they must be delivering the get. Okay, so, uh, what we're learning together is, is that when you give instructions of Tanu, so incorporate in Tanu is Kisvu. And when you turn to two people and say Tanu, they have to write it. When you turn to three people and you say Kisvu, Tanu, they have to write it. And then what's open for a debate, a major debate amongst the Tanayim, is where I turn to three and I say the word Tanu and I don't say the word Kisvu. So did I authorize them as a Beisdin or no? Did I not? What would three be different than two? Because three can, three can serve as a Beisdin. Three is a Beisdin. Two is not a Beisdin. So by two, clearly my authorization is you're writing it and you're delivering it. But with three, what it could be, it could be understood that when I say to three, what I'm doing is that basically you're going to be serving as a basedin. 
Now, as a base in, they have executive powers as a, as a base in. They could subcontract. But when I turn to three and I say kisfu tenu, clearly I want them, they themselves to write it. If I just say the word tenu by itself, so now we're involved in a major debate amongst Tanayim, Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yossi. Amr Lassar, and just finishing up the Mishnah, Amr Lassar, kisfu tenu get lishti, echa kosu vishnaim chosmim, chuchem ksuvu echa kosu vikulam chosmim, now let's say you go to a group of greater than two, right? The Mishnah's example is ten. If I turn to ten people and I say kisvu tenu, so then uh, I don't need all ten of them because I didn't instruct. I, I, in other words, I only need two. And even though I'm, ter- I'm talking to a group of ten, I just simply mean two of the ten. If, however, I use the word kulchem, so by using the word kulchem, now I'm making it tonight. I only need two. But in other words, but for whatever reason, my stipulation is that gets only going to be valid if all 10 of you are writing and signing. Now, when I say all 10 are writing, I hope everyone understands. I don't mean that 10 people are writing the same get. Meaning, obviously, for the writing, you only need one of them to write it. But in other words, but what of course I mean is, is that all 10 are going to sign it. Therefore, if I said kulchem, and then one of them was unavailable, one of them died, the get's not going to be a valid get because built into the get is a tanai and uh, you, uh, the husband can make it tonight. Okay. They asked, they asked Shmuel the following question. Yeah. Right? Okay. Anyway, they ask Shmuel the following question. You go to two people and you say, Kitzvu Tanu. Now, do they actually have to write the get? Alternatively, here's what can happen. They'll get somebody else to write the get. Maybe they just simply don't know how to write a get. Right? If you ask me to write a get, I wouldn't know what I'm doing. Obviously, I'd say no, simply because I don't know how to. But in other words, but if you go to, if, if you go to two people and you authorize them to write the get, can they have somebody else? Can they go to a sofa? Have the sofa write the get? They themselves are going to sign it, and is that is that sufficient? Why would the husband be so mocked with asking wife to get as long as it gets written? Why does he get if, if the end result is the divorce the wife? Right. Why would he get who wrote it? And and if it was delivered, why does he? Like, I mean, if, what what should have been done is there should have been clear communication. In other words, what the what the what the two people should say to the husband is that we're not the ones who are going. To, we don't know how to write it. In other words, okay. But right now we're just right. We're going over the limits of halacha, right? This is what we always do in Gemara. We want to know, even though his authorization was kisvu, I want the two of you to write. Does that mean that they have to physically write the get, and 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 subcontracting it is is simply unacceptable, or kisvu could just simply mean I need the two of you to sign the get. The writing of the get, eh, I can have anyone write it, but the two of you are going to sign it. What does the word kisvu actually mean? So, so, so when Shmuel was given the question, he said, first of all, I think the get is no good. say. So Rahman is, she goes and remarries somebody else. Re, not remarries. She marries somebody else. So, uh, so in other words, the get is not a valid get from the first husband. Therefore, she's not divorced. Therefore, she has to leave the second husband. Right? Real Rahmanis. And on top of that, But I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm not sure. Meaning, I'm only saying that as a Chumrah. I'm really, I'm really not sure. And let's do a little bit more this morning. Amai David Sarach Talmud. 
So the Gemara says, well, maybe the issue is the following. We've touched on this point earlier in the Masechta. Mele, meaning when I, when, when I assign a shliach to do something, so, and I'm giving a physical item, hey, deliver the get. So what he can do now is he can hand, he can hand, pass the baton on to another person, to another person, to another person. In other words, in this relay race of delivering the get, so obviously when you're talking about a physical item, so it can go and be passed from one to another, from one to another shliach. Because there's a physical item on, uh, that, that needs to be passed along. If, on the other hand, what I'm doing is, is that I'm instructing, can, can those instructions be passed on to another shliach? To which the Gemara says, I know where Shmuel stands on that issue. I'm a Shmuel, I'm a Rebbe. I just read it, but I'm reading it again. If I am instructing a shliach to do something, he cannot sub- subcontract those instructions. A physical item he could pass on to another person, but instructions he has to do himself. So, So the Gemara says, you know what the suffix is? I know I said it, but I said it because I read ahead. The Gemara says the suffix is as follows. When he told those two, I want you to write, what did that mean I want you to write? I want you to write the physical get. Alternatively, I want you to sign your names. Oh, that's a suffix. Well, look at the Mishnah. Read the Mishnah. So he, Gufa Kamibayle, so Gemara says, Shmuel read the Mishnah. And even after reading the Mishnah, still uncertain. So, uh, okay, I know. Look, these two are going to be writing, but what are they going to be writing? They're actually writing the get itself or writing, just signing their name. So the Gemara says, So, Gamari says, look, we have to be talking about writing the get. We have to. Let's go back to our Mishnah. Let's revisit. In the Mishnah, what happened? You're talking to Beisdin Shibru Shalayim. I want you to write the get. Now, remember, this was a major debate between Rameir and Rav Yossi. But within Rashita's Rav Yossi, what did Rav Yossi say? They, the members of the Beisdin, are going, if, if they're, going, they're going to have to learn how to write a get. Now, if we're talking about the writing of the get, I can at least entertain the idea that they don't know how to write a get. Now, I, find, I, I also find that to be a little bit strange. Meaning, we're talking about members of Beisdin. Members of Beisdin are some of the most qualified people that we have. Right? It's hard to imagine that you've elevated to the, to the position of a member of Beisdin, Beisdin Shubrishleim, and you don't know how to write the get. I, I do find that to be strange. But, the Gemara says, it, at least we can entertain that thought. But here's, what, here's the thought I can't entertain. If when we say Kisvu, it's talking about a signature, you mean to tell me that somebody who's a member of the Beisdin needs to be taught how to sign his own name? The Gemara says that's almost impossible to, to imagine. And then the Gemara says something. This is amazing. The Gemara says, I know it's impossible to imagine. Let's stretch our imagination. In Ika Beidina Charita, the Gemara says, yeah, it could be that it's a brand new member to Beisdin 
and maybe he doesn't know how to sign his name. And I know the Gemara has just entertained the idea that you can have an appointee to based in, and he simply does not know how to sign his own name. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's hard. It's really hard. It's really hard. Uh, hard to imagine. The Gemara says, yeah, yeah that's correct. I, I know it's hard to imagine, but entertain it. Ent- entertain this notion. Okay. So, wh- where are we right now? We're going to pause. Right? Uh, you know what? Let's do, let's, do one, let's do one more back and forth. The Israel on the high. Ksuvu Ksavyadanu. Ha, Ksavaget Kasher. So, I'm sorry. So, the Israel on the high Ksavyadanu. I'm sorry. The Israel on the high Ksuvu Ksavyadanu. Ha, Ksavaget Kasher. So, let's, okay, so let's now imagine that when the husband authorized and gave instruction Ksuvu, Suva is only going on the signatures. The get itself could be written by anybody. So, so the Gemara says, yeah, but, but, but still, in other words, we just said minutes earlier today that, that, that what a shliach cannot do is a shliach cannot pass instructions on to somebody else. So, So the Gemara says, no. If Ksuva, the instructions of Ksuva is going on only on the signature. So then here's how we're understanding the husband's instructions, right? And I understand we're, we're, we're putting a lot into one word. His instructions were Ksuva. Ksuva means you need to sign, right? I want the two of you to sign. I, what about the writing of the get? Eh, you can have someone else write it. I, but, but you can't, in other words, you can't just simply pass those instructions along. The Gemara says, if you say, Meaning, if the husband were to say, Imru, I'm telling you, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to a sofa to write the get. Follow then by, I want the two of you to sign it. If you articulate all that, so then even Shmuel would be of the position that then you can go ahead and have the sofa write it. And, and, and I know there's a lot of assumptions over here. And assuming that that's true, so, and assuming that the word ksuva just simply means the two of you are going to be signing it, all that is included in the word ksuva. Including the word ksuva is, number one, I'm telling you right now that I want you to go to sofa and have the sofa write it. Imru, right? I'm telling you that's what I want you to do. Follow them by you retrieving the get from the sofa, and the two of you are going to be signing it. That's what, that's, that, that's what the word ksuva means. All that is included in just that one word of ksuva. Okay. Uh, let's, this, this is a good place to pause. Uh, let's recap. Let's review. Okay, a lot, a lot today, a lot. Right now, Shmuel's of the position. That, 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 that he's saying a lot. That's clear. And the only thing now left left, left open for, for for discussion is that even though I'm instructing him, but if included in my instructions is I'm telling him I want you to go to the sofa to have him write it. So that's imru. So that would work. But even Rav Yossi would agree that would work. But the but but generally speaking, Mila Lo Mimster. Okay. Um, where are we right now? Let's quickly recap. Let's review. Uh, number one, in order for the proper authorization of a get, you need to go to two, and you have to say Kisvu Tanu. Failure to, to say Kisvu Tanu is simply not going to be a good get. However, the um, however, extenuating circumstances, stressful situations. So we're going to give the person a pass. As long as he says he said the kids, we're going to fill in the blank and we're going to add to new. 
Okay? Uh, we went over the, uh, the the final days of Geneva, where he was taken uh, taken to be executed, and uh, he gifted money to uh, Rabbi Avina. Rabbi Avina went to Ravuna in order to receive a positive sock, that the, that the money actually is going to go to him. A question of Kenyan, a question of what exactly, what he was transferring. Okay. Um, then, somebody went into a pit, thrown into a pit, also dying. And now giving instructions, and he only said the word kisfu. This falls under the category of extenuating circumstances, and even though there was no face-to-face interaction between the husband and the edim, nevertheless, it's going to work as well. And finally, we learned that if you say kisfu by itself and you're healthy, so you are just being misachic. You are unfortunately being an awful individual. You are tormenting your wife. and But but meanwhile, it's not proper authorization. Uh, we also learned that if we learn about mental illness afterwards, we can go ahead now and use that to insert the word tenu, even though he didn't say it. And the last mission that we did today was that when you say to somebody, when I'm sorry, when you authorize two people tenu to give, included in tenu is kisvu. That's point number one. And point number two is that they have to actually write it. Now, what are they writing? So we already know. We went through the Gemara today. We know it's a machlokas. If one possibility is that what they're writing is they're writing the actual get itself, and obviously they're also signing it. Alternatively, no. Kisvu could just be, be on the signatures, but not on the writing of the get. The writing of the get, they can ask a sofa to write it. We spent the entirety of the Ahmed Bays litigating that very question and an, an, an unknown, meaning at this point in time, we're uncertain. What the instructions of Kisvu is on the get or on just the simply signatures. And, and, and the last thing that we did is then you go to three people and you say kisvu tenu, they have to write it. But if you go to three people and you just say the word tenu, so now what? Machlok is between Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi Meir is of the position that that is tantam, that is an appointment of a based in because it's three, and therefore they can go ahead and they can authorize others to do, uh, others to write and to sign it. Masha Ein according to Rabbi Yossi, and by the way, everybody's putting Rabbi Kiva on this issue, right? Rabbi Kiva, whatever. There must have been some miscommunication. Alternatively, Rabbi Akiva maybe changed his mind. Whatever the case is, uh, Rabbi Yossi, quoting Rabbi Akiva, also says, no. No. When you when you go to three and you say the word tenu, they themselves have to write it. You're not appointing them as a basis.